when you first put your outreach influence team together, it's inevitable you're going to get some folks that really don't want to do this. But we'd already come to a point here at Shoreline where it actually was a good feeling to be on the team by everybody. It's kind of almost prestigious. Hello and welcome. This is Walt Bennett. I'm the president and CEO of Organic Outreach International. Uh, Welcome to our practitioner podcast. For this episode today, we have Tom Green joining us. Tom is a pastor at Shoreline Church, but most importantly, he is a pastor on our staff with Organic Outreach International. Uh, Tom spends a lot of his time uh, not only working with the Outreach Influence team here at Shoreline Church, but also teaching and coaching Outreach Influence team leaders around the world on how to continue to progress building this culture uh, of outreach into the churches. And uh, so we're going to focus on a number of different things today in terms of Tom's role and lessons that he's learned he may be able to bring to you. But first, we want to learn just a little bit more about Tom's background and and how he wound up in this role. Uh, He really is sort of patient zero, if you will, for organic outreach and outreach influence team leaders. So, Tom, would you just uh, share a little bit about what you do, why you're doing it, and how you got here? Well, I get to uh, help my church essentially get outreach focused. Shoreline Community Church Uh, started as a seeker-friendly church, so you'd think that outreach was uh, the highest thing on the priority list, but uh, it's interesting, even with a church that seeks to uh, reach out to the lost, to those that don't know Jesus, you still really got to work on changing the culture of the church, and that's what I get to do. And uh, I actually get to help churches all over the world do this. Um, My wife and I came out of a life of uh, drugs and difficulty and dysfunction some 40 years ago, and Jesus rescued both of us. And I think uh, my wife, Jill, and I both, uh, our hearts are that we want people to come to know Christ more than probably anything else on earth, Uh, whether it's our grandchildren or whether it's someone I might meet uh, at Costco tonight or anybody in between. I just want people to come to know the rescue that uh, I got to find. So tell us a little bit about what, what were those final stages of that journey into ministry when you know you became a Christian, but then you wound up in ministry itself as a pastor. Uh, can you tell us about that? Well, I, uh, yeah, we, I came to the Lord and uh, uh, felt pretty good about myself becoming, uh, getting part of the, getting into the construction trade and actually becoming a general contractor and having a successful business with something inside I just felt like I wanted to give away what God had given me. And I came to a point where I recognized that building people uh, was more valuable than building houses. And so I started to volunteer any chance I could and uh, got involved in um, uh, youth ministry at a local Presbyterian church and was a lay pastor of that ministry for about a year until uh, we some 25 years ago, found this uh, church startup called uh, Shoreline Church. And the first time we visited Shoreline Church, we met a couple people that had come to the Lord there. And I said, man, this is great stuff. I'm all in, you know. So I've worn a number of hats, you know, from set up and tear down of a high school gym to uh, global outreach uh, director. And just, uh, I could probably go on and on about different things I've done. But uh, yeah, that was what led me into ministry. I became uh, actually from that uh, youth experience, I became the young adult pastor at Shoreline Community Church. 
So I uh, gotten to do a whole lot of things here until this really fit the uh, outreach influence team leader here and getting this church to uh, change into a, a culture where, well, our goal is that every single believer that comes to Shoreline and is a part of our church would go out with the heart to reach the lost. So that's kind of my my journey into ministry here. That's great. What a, what a wonderful path. So so I want to talk a little bit about the different roles you play. So I, I mentioned at the beginning, you, you kind of have two hats that you wear. Let's talk first about your role on the outreach, the Organic Outreach International team. Um, so separate from Shoreline itself, kind of the things you do on our team here and, and what excites you the most about that and, and how it's going. Well, I get to do a number of things here. I get to do some of the teaching and training, which I really enjoy, uh, being a part of the intensive trainings and the other type of congregational uh, outreach trainings that we get to do. So that's really exciting. I get to also um, uh, help out and design, create a number of the resources uh, that we use here, uh, just kind of from the experience of of working in organic outreach with the originator, Kevin Harney, for some 10 years now. Um, so I get to design resources, but I think the thing that really uh, helps me to just be excited about what God is doing, not just through our church, but through Organic Outreach International and through my life, is uh, I get to help other churches also get outreach focused by working with other outreach influence team leaders, uh, not just around the country, but essentially all around the world. And um, I'll tell you, it's just so valuable to be able to pour into church leaders and see their churches, culture change, and especially see and hear the stories of people coming to know Jesus as Savior. So, yeah, that's kind of what I get to do, and I just love what I do. Yeah, that's great. And and I know just from my own experience uh, working through the cohorts and and training and coaching other pastors, I learned so much. Uh, just from working through issues that pastors are dealing with and, and trying to implement this within their churches. Um, and, and then you have this unique opportunity as well. I kind of mentioned it before, you're sort of patient zero as an outreach influence team leader. So about 25% of your time here at Shoreline Church, you're the outreach influence team leader. Uh, so I want to kind of walk through that a little bit because I think there are you know churches out there who are at various stages of trying to implement organic outreach. And one of the, the challenging things in the beginning, one of the most challenging is how do you get this outreach influence team right? So uh, talk to us a little bit about what was the process in building the outreach influence team here at Shoreline? Well, and that's a great question, Walt. I want to just back up a sec and say, um, you know, we still learn a ton from me helping other churches build their outreach influence team. And I'll talk a little about that as I talk about how we originally designed the team. Um, Kevin uh, Harney brought me into this role and we got together and we just talked about, you know, who are the direct leaders of ministries right here at Shoreline? And so we started out and we, you know, thought about children's ministry and then the worship team and and uh, we had an executive pastor at that time. And so he and I together kind of designed who are the, uh, the real key influencers, the people that run areas of ministry in our church. And when we first started, uh, we started with a team of 14 people. Um, but Shoreline was already a pretty good sized church back then. And we started to realize, well, there's areas of, influ- of influence that 
you know, it's not moving down in the manner that we'd like it to. And so this team started to grow and it started to grow. So, so about, Tom, how, how, how big was the church at that time when you first started putting this outreach influence team together? How large would you say the congregation was? I'm going to say it was about 2,500. Um, we probably had about 14, 1,500 coming through each weekend. And then, of course, you know, not everybody comes each Sunday or each weekend. Um, so generally speaking, I think we'd be about 2,500 back then. Okay. About 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, so, so we saw the team growing in order to cover all the areas. But at the same time, I was already starting to train other leaders around the world. And it was starting to seem a little too cumbersome. Uh, for your normal volunteer to have a team that big. Now, by that point, um, I think I'd come on. I started as a volunteer myself as Outreach Influence Team Leader here at Shoreline and did that as, on a volunteer basis for two years. So I don't remember the timing exactly when we shrunk the team back down because our team started to grow and grow, and it ended up with about 28, I think it was 28 or 29 people on the team. And we realized even, and I think I was coming into a full full time position from the construction trades at that point. Um, but it just seemed like, well, maybe I can do this, but it is taking quite a bit of my time. But we need to make this manageable for anybody, anywhere, in any church. And so we actually um, redid our whole organizational chart here at Shoreline in order to make a manageable outreach influence team, which we've stayed in the 14 to 15 person range ever since then. Yeah. And I think if I remember right, that was about three years ago. Um, Cause it's shortly yeah. after we started organic outreach international and, and uh, from our conversations, one of the things I remember is we, we stood back and looked the, at the team, this team of like 29 people. And we said, well, wait a minute. If you look at the six levels of influence, you know, level one is God influencing downward, influencing outreach into the outreach influence team leader. That's level two, the outreach influence team leader influencing into level three, which are these representatives of every area of operation of the church. And then we notice this this uh, interesting thing, level three to level four technically is is from the those leaders down to the people who work within their ministries. As we examined our outreach influence team, we recognized you know, technically we actually have, and part of this was because of the size of our church, we actually have some level threes and level fours on the outreach influence team. Yeah, And, and I think one of the challenges we had was you know, the, those folks who are at really truly the level three, so they're leading, but they have somebody on the team who actually reports to them. Uh, I think that the challenge we had was they walk away from that meeting thinking, well, I don't need to pour into that other person because they're already on the outreach influence team. And so they weren't building that regimen of pouring into level four and it sort of was stalling out. And, yeah. and um, you know, we had, I remember the discussions we had, it's like, you know, once you get people on that team and they recognize the, um, you know, how integral this is to all the church operation, it's kind of hard to fire somebody from that team. And you know, it's not like you're firing them. You're, you're just recognizing um, we need to make sure you're getting poured into. And so we're going to pull you out of this team. You don't get this monthly experience here anymore. At the same time, it gave us the opportunity to have someone who knew what that team experience was. And we could say, you make sure that your supervisor, that, that the person who's on the team is pouring into you, that you're not missing this experience. You're just getting it in a different way. Um, and I think that was a big realization for us was, uh, you know, to your very first point, 
it gets to the point that it can be so cumbersome uh, that you really need to reduce down and say, no, if you, you peel back the layers and look at who influences from their area all the way downward, and then make sure they're the one that's on the team, but you don't have folks underneath that on the team because then it just sort of clouds the issues. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we got down to 14. Well, and, and it's, uh, interest, it's interesting, Walt, because, uh, you know, when you first start up an outreach influence team, and I, I think this is pretty accurate in every case, and we've worked with literally uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, churches in this. Uh, when you first put your outreach influence team together, it's inevitable you're going to get some folks that really don't want to do this. Um, it's it, it, it's evangelism, and and there's just people that have their aversion to it, uh, things that have come uh, their way that just make them uh, hesitant to be involved. And so getting the team fired up and getting everybody interested and having everybody grow in their own uh, personal walk in the area of uh, evangelism uh, is a challenge enough. But we'd already come to a point here at Shoreline where, and, and, and I just want to say this to other outreach influence team leaders, this point does come, where it actually was a good feeling to be on the team by everybody. It's kind of almost yeah. prestigious. And so then when we had to shrink it, I mean, we'd already fought to get everybody really liking being on the team and growing <laughs> in that area. And then you got to take them off. And that was difficult. So now what I try to tell outreach influence team leaders and lead pastors when they put this team together, maybe be a little bit more cautious and hesitant, get the people that you know are the key influencers, the leaders, and work with them and then add people accordingly when you see the holes, when you see the places that influence isn't happening. Because I think we started a bit rambunctious by jumping in with 14 and then starting to fill the holes a little too quickly. So. Yeah, yeah, and and I've run into that same issue as I work with pastors. Um, you know, one of the challenges we have is we come from this mindset, this culture of programs. We come from this this mindset that okay, here's a solution. I'm going to plug this in, and immediately everything's going to change. And that drives us to this sense that we have to immediately implement everything across the board. And, you know, when we step back and look at this, and you know, the mantra is, you know, this is culture change. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes 18 to 24 months before you start to see glimmers of culture change. And and because it takes so long to make it happen, it when it does happen right, it's so deeply rooted that it has a momentum of its own. And so that brings that caution at the beginning. Make sure you do it right as you do it. Don't rush to get positions filled. Don't rush to build out a team. It's easier to do it step by step by step, gradually making sure you have the right pieces in the right place at the right time, uh, rather than trying to say, oh, I've got to get my team together so I can tell my board what we're doing so we can start having our meetings next month. It's like, take it a, a day at a time. Uh, you know, don't don't postpone and don't uh, you know, procrastinate, but at the same time, don't rush into things so that you ensure you build it in a way that's sustainable and healthy. Yep. Absolutely. Well. So tell, tell us what ministries uh, at Shoreline, what ministries are represented on the Outreach Influence team? Oh, let's see. Okay. So uh, we've got our lead pastor. And then, uh, Walt, of course, uh, even as uh, a professional observation position, you're on it, of course, president and right. CEO of Organic Outreach International. Uh, and then our executive pastor. 
because you want the key influencers. These people are people that have oversight of the whole church. So you want them on there. And then we have our uh, director of spiritual formation, um, our uh, executive pastor of our, of our care ministry. So our care ministry is the one that does like hospital vis visitations. We have a, a lay counseling ministry. Um, so that uh, executive pastor of that ministry is on there. Um, and then our uh, worship experience and innovation pastor. Now, we're a larger church, and this is not to be confused with our uh, worship leader, because our worship leader is also on the team. And I'll explain that a little bit. Worship experience is the whole experience for every service that we put on, all the way from parking lot into the worship center and everything in between. So that's why that's a different person than just our worship leader, and again, this is one that we actually recently added because we realized uh, all the musicians that serve on our worship team, which includes three Sunday services every week, as well as a Wednesday night worship service and the other special events, those musicians also need to be influenced because they got people in their lives that don't yet know Jesus. Right. right. So we also then have the, the, the worship uh, leader and then uh, our community life directors on the team. Uh, we also have a uh, pastor of outreach, which encompasses our community outreach and our global outreach. And then we have uh, our operations director, our communications director, um, because everything we do as a church has to be outreach focused. We have our student ministries pastor, uh, our marriage and family life pastor, uh, our children's ministry director, and um, then, of course, myself, the outreach influence team leader. And I think that was pretty complete. You know, and as you go through that list, what, what strikes me is, um, you know, typically we think about, okay, outreach within the church, we're going to find everybody who has, does stuff that's outreach related. Um, but you're talking about areas of operations. You're talking about areas that include finance. You're talking about areas that include maintaining the building, the facility. Yeah. Uh, so so I'm, I'm hearing just this, this umbrella that every area of operation of the church, every corner of, of operation of the church is somehow represented on that team. And that's, that's unique in, in the world of thinking about outreach. Well, and I think that even as we were talking right here, it just, it just struck me that the truth is what I mentioned was a whole lot of areas that would have nothing to do with outreach if we weren't doing this. And I think that kind of proves the point right there, is that now what we're saying is every one of these areas should add outreach focus and outreach influence into their areas of ministry, even if, like, for instance, operations deals a whole lot with building maintenance and finance. Yeah. Because all of those people want to be growing in their spiritual walk when it comes to personal outreach and they want to be involved in outreach even right here on the church campus during events and events that we do out in the community, projects and things that we do. So once you start getting every area um, to have outreach influence and elements into them, people start to take it. And that's what starts changing the culture of the church. That's great. That's great. So, so Tom, as we've mentioned, you work with outreach influence team leaders all over the world. What are the most common concerns that you hear expressed uh, in, in their role as outreach influence teams? And, and I'll point out also, you know, we work with churches everywhere from you know, 12 members uh, up to thousands of members. Uh, the principles are, are applicable regardless. Uh, but what are the most common concerns that they express to you? Well, uh, what I'll do is just kind of think about the things that have come up then in the last three years, three or four years, as we've been working with other churches and training um, so as I think about that, I think the first thing that comes into mind, and I hope this isn't uh, 
going to uh, disrupt the uh, hopes of some of the folks listening, but really the lead pastor's got to be uh, a part of all of this. Um, we've worked with churches where uh, a couple different situations occur. Either the lead pastor uh, expects it to just be done by an outreach influence team leader. They're not really involved. They don't really know what's going on. Um, they really, they're, they're too concerned about other areas to be concerned about this one. Really, the lead pastor has to be bought in or other people will find excuses to not really grab a hold of the strategy of organic outreach also. So I think that's one of the, one of the big deals um, is making sure that the lead pastor is a part of the whole uh, strategy of organic outreach. Yeah, yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, that's and good. then I, I think really probably the other uh, factor that seems to be maybe the biggest roadblock for an outreach influence team leader is the excuse of not having enough time. And um, I'll explain that because really it doesn't take all that much time um, because we've created so many resources and have pretty much uh, everything that's needed available. I think it's more that, especially in a volunteer position, it's, it's setting the time aside because it really is only going to take maybe, maybe eight to 10 hours a month to, to do this job. But those have to be dedicated, prioritized hours because you've got to be engaged in this as the outreach influence team leader you're the person that's the person that's really keeping the fire lit so if you're letting that fire go out and not attending to keeping it going keeping that fire burning within the church for outreach um, that's really going to be um, a setback and, and 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 everybody has busy times in their lives and things that come up in their lives so i think that's one of the things that should be recognized going into this and then um, really fought hard to uh, be dedicated to setting the time aside that it takes. Yeah. And, you know, one of my observations, too, is is one of the frustrating parts of it is um, there's a lot of time spent in just scheduling the, the appointments and meetings with people, particularly when you get to the one-on-one month. And, and sometimes, you know, an outreach influence team leader, I think, can feel like, geez, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm an admin and a scheduler. So, if, you know, if, if my, my input, my recommendation to church is if you can have someone who will take that role of just take that scheduling piece off of the, the table for the outreach influence team leader, let them lean into what they're there to do. That's amazing. That would be great. If you're an outreach influence team leader, see if you have a spouse that will come alongside and help with that administrative piece of it, um, just to take some of that um, some of the just day-to-day sort of schedule stuff off and you really pour into uh, just coaching and coming alongside and, and facilitating the meetings. And that's really good, Walt, because I, I really as, okay, so I get to coach a lot of people. And as I observe, I think there's a little bit more um, just putting off the things like you're talking about, the scheduling and things that you could be doing more than the actual the the concern of the time it is taking does that make sense i mean a lot yeah. of people um uh aren't jumping into the scheduling because it may not be what they really like doing and then the fun yeah and then they're using the excuse that i don't have time but it's kind of more of like just you know that old thing about getting your exercise in each day you know you make up excuses and you just don't get it done and i think we can tend towards that yeah 
Yeah. All right. Well, we're running up against uh, our, our time frame here. We always promise these will be 20 to 25 minute bites. Um, but I cannot leave without asking and checking in with you, Tom. What is your personal outreach temperature right now? I'm going to say uh, things are good. I am an eight. And I'll be honest, I go up and down. There's days I can be a three. Um, but recently I did get to, uh, you know, I was in construction for 40 years, so I still have friends there. And I got to actually share the gospel in front of uh, a couple other folks in my 60s type year age. And uh, it was very natural. It went really good. So I'm going to say I'm an eight. And uh, yeah, I look forward to those kinds of times. All right, great. Well, thank you very much for your time. And, and listeners, thank you for your time tuning into us. If you know someone who would benefit from these podcasts and was engaged in organic outreach, either within your church or another church, uh, turn them on to this and point them to our website, www.organicoutreach.org. Until the next time, this is Walt Bennett, president of Organic Outreach International with Tom Green, signing off. Thank you.